Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. Hallelujah. All right, so I want y'all to get excited this morning. The more and more that we study and we read God's word, the more and more we should understand how much we don't know. But he's so faithful to show us, and that's the awesome thing. Amen. So let's get your uh, Bibles set to those three scriptures. I'm going to read those, and then we're going to pray, and then we're going to dig into this a little bit. Um, And we're going to be talking about God's positioning system, or GPS, this morning. Um, Because we need to understand that God knows exactly where we are. But more importantly, he knows exactly where we need to be. (laughs) Amen. And sometimes those things aren't synonymous. Hallelujah. All right. So, Jeremiah 29 and 11. So this is a very familiar scripture to most of us. Um, But there's some really deep things in here that I want to pull out really quickly. So as we read, amen. So it says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil. I mean, that should clear up a lot of things. Because we're always asking about evil and things that we see. God says he doesn't plan any of that. That's not his thoughts toward any of us. So we know that that can't be coming from him. That, that, that's what we need to see here. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. But to give you a future and a hope. So this is the new King James Version. But in the King James Version, it says to bring you to an expected end. Hallelujah. So an expected end means something he is expecting to happen. But that also means that we got to be in the right place to get to the expected end. So if we're on the wrong course, then we can't expect to be at the expected end. We're going to be off a little bit. Amen. Hallelujah. Go over the Psalms. Psalm 16 and 11. It says, you will show me the path of life. Hmm. So now God says he'll show us what path we need to be on. So now we should be looking and engaging with the Holy Ghost to tell us where path we need to be on. All right. Now, this path may not look like what you think it should look like, though. And that's the key, because sometimes we can get deterred by what we see around us. And we say, God, this ain't the right path. God says, yes, it is. Amen. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures evermore. So when we get on this right path, we understand that God is right next to us. That he shall never leave us nor forsake us is what the word tells us, right? Hallelujah. All right, let's get one more here. Proverbs. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Oh, okay. So this this is another one that we we probably know pretty good. But are we really taking to heart what it's saying? I know for me, when I start asking God questions about what I'm doing and where I'm at, my understanding is sometimes lacking. And what I think my understanding should be doesn't line up with what... I feel like I'm at. So now at that point, I'm starting to lean on what I know and not what he knows. 
Uh, all right. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. So he says, as you acknowledge me in you, then I will direct what path you should be on. But if we're not acknowledging him, meaning that we're not seeking him on the right levels, then we might get a skew to the path that he wants us on. And God says, I am the GPS. I know where you are. It's the same question he asked Adam. Where are you, Adam, right? <laughs> amen, amen. Let's go ahead and pray so we can get into this. Hallelujah, Lord. We just say thank you, Father, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Lord, because you know us better than we know ourselves, Father. Lord, in understanding how big and how great and how vast you are, Father, Lord. Lord, in understanding, Lord, that even in our little finite bodies, Father, Lord, you still want us to know who you are. Lord, so we give you the glory and the honor and the praise, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Father, Lord, that the words that you speak today, Lord, will hit fertile ground, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord, that our hearts will be prepared for whatever you want to say to us this morning, Father, Lord. Lord, and we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. I'm going to find my little clicker here. All right. So GPS. So when you have that little navigation system in your car, you type in a destination, and then it tells you, where you should go. Sometimes it'll actually tell you the most optimized way to get there, right? They'll tell you the traffic's this way, you may not want to go that way, there's an accident, right? But when we tap into God, here, here's the thing. We don't necessarily get to type in the address. So he controls that. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes he may not even tell us where that destination is. We just see it say, go here. <laughs> right so this ties into finishing strong which we've been talking about the last several weeks apostle has been preaching on finishing strong and it also ties into the word that we receive around divine prioritization and divine placement it fits right in because we have to have the right priorities to be on the right path and if we're on the right path with the wrong priorities then we're not going to go in the right direction so you need both to get to the expected end that we talked about. Hallelujah. So we got to understand that God sits high and sees low. Amen. That, that's a blessing. Because we got to understand it over in Ephesians 1 that tells us what? We are seated in heavenly places with him. So he's invited us to sit with him. Now, the question you should be asking yourself, why is that important? Because then we get to see things as he shows us from his vantage point, not from where we see it at. Right. So I'm going I'm to try to break this down, how God showed me this, because this is pretty awesome. So let's say you're going to be watching a, at a, a football game. You, know, you got the field out there. Right. And you got all of your seats. Now, if the seats were straight back like they are in the church, if you're all the way in the back, you ain't going to be able to see much. <laughs> all right? Because you're on a flat plane with what you're trying to look at. All right? But 
if you start, if you go to any stadium, the seats go up like this. Why do they do that? That's right, because at that angle, now you're higher up, you can now see down on everything that's taking place. So that's why God is saying, come on up. I'm calling you higher because there are things that I want to show you. But at that level, you're not going to be able to see that. You, you, you got to move up. So God is saying, that's why it's important that I know the end from the beginning. The reason he can see that is because he's all the way up here. When he looks down, he just sees everything. He doesn't see a part of it. He sees all of it. Now, this is awesome because now he's saying, I'm going to allow you to see part of it, too. But if you don't come up, your vantage point is going to be wrong. And there's some things that might be ahead of you that he might be trying to warn you about. But if you're not high enough, then you don't see him. Then we turn around and say, God, well, what happened? One high enough. Come on up some. Hallelujah. <laughs> to finish strong, an individual needs to be on the right path and have the right priorities. Very simple, but you got to have both. You can't have one without the other. It's important because any little missteps here, then we could go off you. Apostle talked about this about a couple weeks ago. He said, if you were one degree off, you can end up in a totally different destination. One degree. Amen? So we want to finish strong, so we need to be on the right path and have the right priorities. Hallelujah. All right, so let, let's, let's talk about a little bit of a trip here. So when you take a trip and you're on a path, you're on a journey, there are two things that, don't, that are going to happen. The terrain is going to change. Hmm. And the environments are going to change. All right, so I want to talk about the terrains first. So I want you to imagine that we're going to drive over to California from here. We're going to take a cross-country trip together. All right? So as we're driving, depending on what path we take, because there are multiple paths, right? So that should help us understand that the person next to us may not be on the same path. So that's why we shouldn't compare ourselves to them because God might have them on a different path. All right, so as we're going over, we're going to go through urban areas, rural areas, maybe some deserts, tunnels, bridges, tolls. Oh, tolls. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, there might be a little bit of a fee coming. So I know you I know we're not gonna try to divert that pulp, that toll, right? Though we're gonna we're gonna go right through it, right? All right. So there may be some things that cost us something. Uh, so God says there might be some things you might have to give up to continue to move forward. All right. Mountain areas, valleys, forests, and that's only a few. But all of those terrains are different. <laughs> so how we go through them is going to be different too. All right, so as we go through this, though, 
there are a couple things we need to remember about terrains. All right. So we need to keep in mind that we can't allow the terrain to dictate how we view the destination. Because that means we're starting to worry about what we got to go through to get to what we're trying to get to. And if we focus on that too much instead of the destination, then we'll, we'll do the next one. We'll allow the terrain to cause us to stop moving. So we'll just stand still like, well, God, um, you, you really want me to go that way? Yep. Right? Same thing he said to the children of Israel, right? At the Red Sea, right? He told them to go. Go where, Lord? Go that way. Right? So he'll make a way. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Now, lastly here is not all terrains use the same equipment. All right, so sometimes God might be sharpening us because we need a different skill to get through that terrain. We sometimes can't carry what we used in the other terrain into the new one. It may not work. Because I guarantee you, you ain't going to need a raincoat in the desert. <laughs> right? So we got to understand that sometimes God has to tweak us a little bit. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more as well. So understanding that the terrain will change, that whatever path God has you on, it's the right path. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So what I want to talk about today is, is four spiritual environments that we will face when God, we're on God's path. Right now, I'm not going to say that these are the only things that we will experience, but I believe in these we'll we'll have a bulk of them. Because there's different things that could happen in each one of them. We're going to talk about that a little bit, all right? All right, so let's go over to Genesis chapter 12. So we, let's get back into Word. Genesis chapter 12. We're going to read verse 1 and 2. Hallelujah. <laughs> all right, so it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country. Oh. From your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. All right? So the first uh, spiritual environment we might run into is separation. All right? Sometimes God's got to separate us from some stuff. Right. It's no different than when we got saved. Right. He translated us to the kingdom of light from the kingdom of darkness. Right. That if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Right. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. Right. So this is not a new concept. But sometimes after we get saved, we wonder, well, God, why do you want me to leave? Why do you want me to stop going to that person? because mm, there's some things that we have to be separated from. Now, this can be deep, though, because for Abram, it was his whole family. Now, I found it interesting that God said separate from your family and your father's house. So he didn't leave anybody out of that. So don't try to take somebody that really shouldn't be with you with you. So I'm going to leave where I live, but I'm going to bring somebody with me. Well, no, that, that defeats the purpose. Because we got to be separated. Hmm. <laughs> Why? Because God is trying to isolate us for him. 
Because sometimes the influences around us, depending on where we are in the Lord, are too great. And he says, until I can get you built up, you can't be around that. Now, the question is, we have to be mature enough to understand when that is. There's some things we shouldn't be around, saints. And if you have a proclivity for something, then you really shouldn't be around it. Uh, right? We shouldn't give a foothold, a way in, an access, right? That's not direct. That's indirect. It says lay aside every weight and sin. What? what? A weight is something that somebody could get in through. So if you get too close, it's like saying you're going to be a little close to fire. At some proximity, you're going to start feeling heat. <laughs> right? 1 Corinthians 15 and th uh, 33 says, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Unfortunately, some of us have been deceived. We think we're strong enough. God is saying, no, let's make sure that we are right. Right now to give this thing. Now, what's awesome about this is, is that Abram had to leave his family and leave his house. Here's the next one. During this separation, you may not know exactly where you're going. Because Abram didn't. He just started walking. God said, I will show you the place where you're going to go. Now, the question is, is that we got to understand that if we don't start walking, then God can never show us. Right? So now we, got, we can't get complacent and just say, well, because you're not going to show me that I'm not going to move. Because now you're trying to fight a direct war with God. Uh, who who won't win that one? <laughs> you you <laughs> you can be hard headed, right? Because now now the next thing is awesome though. He says, "I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing." Right. So God says, when you start moving, all of these will come after that. But if you don't start moving, you can never be that. <laughs> so sometimes we're asking God, well, why aren't I that? And God says, because you stopped moving. <laughs> I couldn't imagine how hard it was to leave my family. I did it voluntarily and it was hard. <laughs> I'm just be frank with you. Right. I was born and raised in Maryland. I left because it was a good opportunity, not knowing it was the Lord, though. Because the Lord wanted me here, not there. Guess where all my family at? Up there. Guess who's the only person here? Me. Now, your, your story may not be that dramatic, but there are some things that God is trying to separate you from. And he had to get me away from them because they were influencing. See, God saw what he had in me. They didn't know what was in me. Oh, come on. See, God says what's in you is greater than where you at. 
But to get the greater, you're going to have to move. The nation was already in Abram. But look how much history would have been changed if he never did what God told him to do. So are we willing to separate from them things? So it may not be people. It might be habits. It might be ideologies. It might be the way you think. So I don't want you to limit this to people. Because God could be showing you a lot of things in your heart. Some, he might want you to separate from some situations. Certain type of jobs. <laughs> you, you <laughs> there were jobs that I wanted so bad. And they never happened. And my first question was, God, well, why didn't you allow me to have that? Then I find out, ooh, I didn't really want that job to start with. Right? Because we got to trust God. When he closes the door, leave the door alone. Because you know what happens, right? We go out to the door. We trying to pick it open. God, this is the one. God says, no, it's not the one. <laughs> Spiritual environment of separation. Let's have a willingness to allow God to separate us from what he needs to separate us from. Hallelujah. Because there are so many things. God couldn't speak everything that he was going to give Abram through this. That's what's awesome. Same thing for us. There's so many things God has for us. It's amazing. We can't fathom the amount of things that he has for his people. But we have to be willing because he's not going to force us. And over time, that's just a deeper level of, unfortunately, disobedience. And there are a lot of things that have been forfeited because people weren't obedient. I mean, that's a principle we teach our own kids. Teaching my daughter right now and continue to. You can't continue to walk in blessings if you don't want to do what you're told to do. It doesn't happen. I, unfortunately, you think that changes when you're an adult. It doesn't. We all have to be obedient to what God is telling us. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's go over to Mark 6. We'll talk about the second one. It's all right so far? Yeah. And we're going to read verses 1 through 5. But we're going to get a lot of word today. You know how we do it. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and, and start reading as you continue to turn if you're not there. It says, then he went out from there and came to his own country. So this he is Jesus, right, and his disciples with him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogues. And many um Many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which he has given to us, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? So it sounds all good right now, right? Seems kind of awesome. God's doing what he needs to do. God's being God. The people are seeing it, and they're receiving it for a moment. And then it says, uh, what is that, three. 
is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, those Judas and Simon? And are he not the sisters of here, us here? So now what they're doing is they're saying, well, who's this Jesus' family? Ain't this the same guy? Mary's son? Isn't that him? Uh, I know y'all never experienced that, right? Uh, so they were offended at him. So wait a minute. At first they're talking about all of the great things he's doing, and then they become offended. That's a big turn. Why are they offended now? <laughs> but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives and in his own house. Now he could do not do any mighty works except to lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. So the spiritual environment is offense. Offense. Now, this offense is not necessarily about you being offended. I want to clear this up. This is about people that see you being offended of you. Right? Because Jesus went to his own town, started teaching, started doing miracles, started doing things, started healing people, started speaking into people's lives. And at first they were okay with it. They're like, hey, this is, this is good. But then they started and they turned around. They said, well, ain't this just Mary's son? Ain't this just so-and-so's brother? Right? So sometimes when you get back around people that know you, People see who you were, not who you are. <laughs> right? Oh, aren't you just Kenny's son? That's who you are, Tim. That's right. Right? Aren't you the one that used to live over there on that street? And they completely miss who God has me being right now. Now, this is not an opportunity for us to get prideful about it, but we should walk in the integrity of the Lord. So they got offended because God was starting to call out how they were living. So while he was healing and teaching, he was telling them, you shouldn't be doing this. And they got offended. People get offended of you. Why she got to be praying all the time? It's, it's just my family, right? It's just, it's just mine. Right? There's a different level a relationship that happens when people find out that you're really serious about God. <laughs> they don't want to get but so close. Why? Because you start finding them out. But what they don't understand, it ain't you. It's God. But now the question, <laughs> we shouldn't put God down because of that though. So here's where it comes into play. We got to understand that we got to walk in that integrity, no matter where we are, no matter who's around, no matter who's talking about us, no matter the situation. It's amazing how people, when they feel like they're getting something good, they're okay. <laughs> After that, then it's, they're turning their nose up. Oh, I don't want to be around you. You making me feel sometimes. Well, I'm not making you feel anything. I'm not God. Right? You know, people get around you. They, oh, they stop cussing. Oh, wait a minute. 
Wait a minute. That should be a blessing to you. Let me, let me help you out. That's a blessing. But how it normally comes off, oh, oh, oh you here, Tim. I don't care. I really don't. Right? But if the light on me is making you feel that way, that... <sighs> See, this is what makes it so... This is what makes it so awesome is, is that this is where we had to help nudge people a little bit. Just to get them to think. I'm not even saying just throw a whole bunch of Bible out. That's not what I mean. Just ask them, well, why do you think that is? Because generally it's someone that either doesn't know the Lord or is pretending to know the Lord. <laughs> right? So if you feel that way just because I'm here, that ain't about me. That's about you. More importantly, it's about God trying to get your attention. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. All right. Over in Matthew 6, 11, it said, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. This is Jesus again. So Jesus is saying you are blessed when you're not offended by me. Oh, my gosh. All right. Let's go, let's go there. When people become offended, there are three things that happen. Unbelief becomes a paramount effect. People just stop believing because they don't want to be around you. The faith is just zapped. Too most focus on who you were instead of who you are. And manifestation of mighty works are blocked. Because God has you there because God wants you to do something. But if the people keep running every time you come around, then God can't manifest himself through. So they miss out on a blessing because they get offended about what you are. There are so many things that people could be walking in that they could have had, even in Jesus. It says that he could do no mighty works but to heal a few folk. So that means that God wanted to do greater things, but he didn't. Because the people got offended of him. Oh, Lord. What blessings are people throwing away because they're getting offended? Unwilling to change. Unwilling to listen. Because to be honest, we didn't all change immediately. But you got to at least open up to at least listen. How many people are missing out because they won't even listen? They get offended. Oh, Lord. So we thank you, Father, Lord, for where you've placed us, Father. And there will be times where people will get offended of you. But we got to stay steadfast and unmovable upon the rock. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go Deuteronomy 8. Let's go to the next one. Deuteronomy 8 and 2. All right. So, and it says, and you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all away these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you and to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Hmm. So he humbled you and allowed you to hunger and feed you with manner which you did not know of your fathers know. 
Hallelujah. So the next one is refinement. So there are going to be times when we're going to walk through an environment of refining. We have to be willing to be refined. We have to be willing to be what God has called us to be. Sometimes we fight it. Yeah, most. I know I did. Right? So he's talking about the children of Israel, right? When they went out and spied the land, right? They sent out the 12, the two, they came back, right? They had a, two had a good report, the 10 didn't, right? <laughs> right? So the two could, the, couldn't outweigh the 10. And it turned the whole nation, the, the whole nation. Isn't it sad that we have people that don't believe the Lord, but not only do they not believe, they are now convincing other people not to believe. Because that's really what happened, right? They went up there and they said, we be like grasshoppers in our own sight, right? Because they were talking about how big the people were in the land, right? They didn't even need anybody else to put them down. They put themselves down. They made a judgment call on who they thought they were instead of on who God said they were. God had already told them it was theirs. Right? So what did God do? They had to stay out there for 40 years. Well, what happened in that 40 years? The whole generation died or passed. Right? So that was a refinement. God was stripping down the nation. They were being refined because God said, I got to see what's in your heart. And right now, you won't obey me. So to humble you, you're going to stay out here. Now, the blessing was is that he didn't take it from all of them. He only took it from that one generation. But there are times when we need to be refined. God put this on my heart. He said, it's impossible to fulfill your purpose in the Lord when you're unwilling to be refined. Because his purpose for them was to have the land. But they couldn't get it because they didn't want. They didn't want to be refined. They didn't want to be worked on. They didn't want to be chiseled away those areas that we don't need. Because sometimes they hurt. Mm-hmm. Right? We've got the potter and the clay. Oh, Lord. Right? We're supposed to be molded by God, right? But you can't take the clay without any moisture because all it is is brittle. It would fall apart, right? But when you first pick up that clay, it's just a mound of nothing. Now, the clay doesn't know what it's supposed to be. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. But the potter does, right? So sometimes you may not know who you are in God. But God, as he refines you, he starts to tell you. But the longer we fight the refinement, the harder sometimes he's got to press on us. I know he had to press on me real hard. Talk after talk after talk. 
I was stubborn, guys. <laughs> I was real bad. Running hard. Right? Because I allowed what I thought of myself to define me of what God. Mm. Because I struggled in areas before, I just naturally thought that was going to be a problem. Right, I had a stutter too. I hated being in front of people. Hate it. I'm gonna say it one more time so you understand. I hated it. God could have picked anywhere else outside of here. I'd have been all right. Guess what he picked though? Oh Lord. Right? But this is when we understand that we got to put our confidence in him, not in us. See, if I was doing this on my own strength, then, yeah, I couldn't do it. But if I'm in his strength, then all I have to do is obey. Allow him to refine me, allow him to teach me, allow him to speak to me, allow him to change my heart, allow him to soften my heart, allow him to change my emotion, allow him to change my outlook. Allow him to change how I react to how people treat me. Because all of that stuff is baggage that we're carrying. And God says, I don't want to take you into my promise for you with that stuff. Is there's no place for it. You don't need it. When they refine gold, they heat it up. 2,000 degrees. That's real hot. 2,000 degrees it takes to refine gold. But when you get it to 2,000 degrees, just like when you're at 212 for boiling water, there's some things that start to perk up. Uh, it's that impurities that come out. It's called dross, right? And it's skimmed off, right? And the person that's doing the refining says, until I can look in it and see my reflection. Right? Right? Now, this is what's astonishing. When you refine gold, after it comes through that process, it is 99.99999% pure. Oh, my gosh. So now my question is, and y'all knew it was coming, if man can do that, what can God do? <laughs> the purity that God wants for us is unmeasurable, but we have to be able, be able to go through a little heat. We got to have a little pressure. It's amazing how all of the things that we put value on, diamonds, pressure, years, thousands of years of pressure. But when it comes out, it's the hardest stone on the earth. God said, do you know how hard you are? But you have to allow me to refine you in those areas.
That's what I need. It's awesome because the Holy Ghost is a complete gentleman. He ain't going to do it if you don't let it. Because God is not trying to usurp power over you. He already knows he's powerful. He doesn't need to do that. You have to understand your willingness to submit to it. And we all struggle with that sometimes. Because he's awesome. <laughs> That's how we know that he loves us so much. Because <laughs> in spite of what's already in us, he says, That's okay. See, it would have been different if he just thrown us to the side because we had all that stuff in us. He says, no, I can purify that, though. You are still usable in the master's hands. You are still a utensil for me. Hallelujah. <laughs> so we had to be willing to be refined. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. This is the last one. Uh -huh. 2 Corinthians 2. We're going to read a couple, 14 through 17. Did I write down the right scriptures? I think I wrote down the right ones. Did I? Oh, yeah, okay. All right. So it says, now, thanks be to God who always leads us into triumph in Christ. So the first thing we got to understand is we've already won. So there's nothing that's in front of you that you might see that's really a battle for you. Because it says that Christ is already triumphed for us. All we have to do is walk in the victory he's already given us. All right. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Hallelujah. So the last one is. Oh. I missed something. Oh, all right. Let me let me go back for a second. I forgot about this. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. It's in the slide. All right. Let's go back for one second. I'm sorry. So it says um, this. So this is part of the refinement. Right. And the direction that we're going. It says God doesn't lead us in the most direct way to our destiny. He leads us in the most beneficial way. So sometimes we're trying to get this stuff directly. God says no, but that's not beneficial for you. I don't want to go that way. I don't want you to go that way. I want you to go this way. Right? Because most of the time, that's part of our angst. We want to get to it quick. Lord, I want that blessing now, 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 now. <laughs> so it's important to understand that we don't go the direct way. Because the children of Israel didn't go the direct way. They went around. Right? Because we just read it. Because he said he had to humble them and test their hearts. All right. Amen. All right. So now I'll go on to the next one. <laughs> All right. There we go. Last one is spirit of influence. So on this is that it says through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. So this is important because we got to understand that sometimes we are passing through, but there's sometimes that God wants us to be an influence where we are. And he says in the other part of the scripture that he's already given us the victory or we have already triumphed. So what God is saying is as you triumph in the stuff that you're in, based on where you're at, 
people are going to start to see that and you're diffusing the knowledge of him because they're going to look at you and say, there's no way that person could have done that. But if you're not in that place, then the wrong people are looking at you. So he's saying, I want everybody to see my goodness and love. But that also depends on strategically having us in certain places. Right. And then we can go over to Matthew five. Right. And it talks about the salt and the light. Right. And we're the light. He's not going to put us under a bushel. Right. So he's saying, I want people to see you that people may say of my good works. That's not about you. That's about God. So God is saying, I want you to influence the people around you. And that happens when you abide in me, because everything that you go up against, you're going to triumph over. Diffusers have have frequencies. They go out and they linger. Oh gosh. You can unplug a diffuser from the wall and then the next day you can still smell it. Come on, y'all. So God is saying, even after you move on, people are gonna still be talking about what he did. The fragrance of God, the knowledge of him. It's the thing that's going to spark people to say, there's something about you. I don't understand how it always works out for you. Yeah, because it's not me. There's something different about you. You talk a little different. You walk a little different. You speak a little different. You act different. You love different. Oh, gosh. Right. And if you go on, it says in 15, it says, for we are the we are the God of fragrance of Christ. We are the fragrance of Christ. <laughs> among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. So what it's saying is it said it don't matter what side of the board they on. Either they believe or they don't. They still going to see it. God, they can't deny it. To the one we are aroma to death leading to death and to others are the aroma of life leading to life. So we're the example. For those that are saved, we're saying God is saying I'm showing them how they can walk in it too. We got to understand how much influence we got. We got a lot. But as long as we don't try to take credit for it. Who wants a greater level of influence? Be honest. In your heart, you want a greater level of influence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That, 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 that's all I had for this morning. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet and give, give, let's start worshiping the Lord. Hallelujah. And I feel in my heart God is saying that some of us might be in dry places, but it's about the influence. <laughs> we might be in a rainy season right now, but it's about the influence. We might be in an area that might look like it's dead, but it's about to be about the influence. Because when you leave, it won't be dead.
thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina, 28079, or on the web, c3churchnc.org, or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org.